Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's man-to-man coverage. This is the PFT PM podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio. It's the January 30 edition of the PFTPM podcast, Tuesday of Super Bowl week at the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. The activity spiking already from Monday to Tuesday, dramatic increase to Wednesday. It will be even worse. Thursday seems to be the crescendo. Friday, it subsides a little bit. When I first started doing this nine years ago, Friday was the big day. Now I think more of the guests who come in to pitch their wares and do their interviews, they focus on Thursday because they assume Friday is going to be crazier which in turn has made Thursday crazier. At some point, they're going to figure out that that's now the case, and they're going to start going back to Friday. For Tuesday, we've got three great guests on the PFTPM podcast. And look, we double dip wherever we can, and we try to debut some of the taped interviews here on PFTPM. You will see the actual televised interview on NBCSN and at ProFootballTalk.com because unlike... Most of the year, we are actually talking to these folks in person. Kirk Cousins, the Washington quarterback for now, possibly. Vikings receiver Stephon Diggs and Chiefs quarterback for now, possibly Alex Smith, all have joined us today, and I will be sharing with you each of those. Before we get rolling, though, with the interviews, you know, there really isn't any news, per se, as it relates to the Super Bowl today. There's some sound. There's some quotes. There's some things that relate to the Super Bowl. But, you know, nothing earth-shattering. We're still waiting for Rob Gronkowski to be cleared to participate in the game. It will be a shock if that doesn't happen. It will be two weeks removed from the concussion that he suffered against the Jaguars. Surely, surely he'll be cleared by then. And if not, I think that's a major problem for the future as it relates to Rob Gronkowski and possible additional concussions he may suffer. The Tom Brady, 12 stitches out. We know that by now. He's still keeping the hand covered. There's got to be a scar, a scab, something there. And other than that, the teams are available for the media. We're posting the content at PFT as to the various things that players and coaches are saying. Again, nothing earth-shattering so far. No big stories yet. But a lot of the news will come from the other players and coaches making the rounds here at Radio Row at the Mall of America. So, some news potentially embedded within the conversation that we had on Tuesday with Kirk Cousins. This is Chris Sims and me, Mike Florio, for PFT Live, but the the full version of it, the unabridged, unedited interview with Kirk Cousins comes to you right now. Welcome back to Pro Football Talk at the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota, not all that far from U.S. Bank Stadium where Super Bowl 52 will happen. Joining us now, the quarterback of the Washington Redskins, a fourth-round draft pick back in 2012, now six years in the books, and he is Kirk Cousins. Kirk, whoa, how are whoa, you? Whoa. <laughs> Doing up, well, man? Mike. Thanks for having me on. How does, it, does it feel like you've been in the NFL six years now? It goes fast, and every year goes faster than the previous one. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a point of pride to play as long as you can, so I think it's, it's a good thing to have six behind you, and hopefully there's six more uh, up ahead. How much did it help you to have the years when you were the backup and studying and watching and learning? How much did that prepare you for playing? Oh, there's no doubt that I, I had a, a great situation being able to to play here and there, but for the most part, sit for for much of three seasons, and uh, and then really when I was ready to play, got the opportunity to play, and that really served me well right before my contract expired. And so the timing all worked out, but I also was very fortunate to play for both Coach Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, learn from them, Sean McVay, Jay Gruden. I, I think I've you know been fortunate as well to be around the right coaches and the right leaders from that standpoint. Yeah, I, that, that's where I want to go with this, actually. I mean, it, to me, it's fascinating. You've been with some great offensive minds. Similarities, differences between yeah. McVay, Shanahan, Gruden, what jumps out? Uh, you know, both uh, have been really helpful. I, I think that, you know, Mike's background, you know, going back to the days in Denver was a lot of, you know, bootlegs, keepers, play right. action passes, you know, other ways to, to throw the football that were unique that changed the platform um, to help guys like Jake Plummer and things like that. Yep. Um, I think, you know, Jay's background, you know, going back to his days as a player in the Arena League and then with Cincinnati and, and uh, other places, I think has been, you know, the drop back game. He really understands the drop back game and, and pass concepts and protections from that standpoint. So to be able to marry those two and have both, I yeah. think has really helped me as a quarterback to understand the ins and outs of every possible way to throw the football. And I think that served me well going forward. Yeah. And then what about McVay? Just in the, add yeah. him in there because you were, yeah. you know, he's the man too. And Sean showed you. 
you know, in right. L.A. this year that he kind of has the marriage of both sides. You know, right. He spent a lot of time with Jay Gruden, understands that philosophy, but then also spent a lot of time with the Shanahan's, understands that philosophy. And it was interesting to see him marry the two into his own huh. uh, offense and what he wanted to do and be about. And then he added some no huddle and some things like that. There mm. were some unique elements, and it, it sure worked well. So uh, he's got his own recipe now that works for him, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the league's going to look to that and study it and try to copy it. Right. Mike Shanahan was the head coach in Washington when you were drafted out of Michigan State, and he's had some comments recently. And he's always been a big Kirk Cousins fan, yeah, but yes, just over the top. Like, <laughs> does it get embarrassing at a point where you're like, it's like almost like your dad or your mom, like, go yeah. a little easy. Let's reduce expectations a little well, bit. Well, I think what's funny is, you know, behind closed doors, Mike would tell me back when I was a rookie, you know, that my ceiling was much higher than I thought it was. And he would tell me, Kirk, you know, I, I've been around guys. I've coached against guys. I know what it looks like, and, and you have it. You can do it. And so he really forced me to set my sights a lot higher than maybe even I had set them as a rookie or a second-year player. And he was just an encourager and spoke positively to me at a time when I really needed to hear it. And so we've kept in touch through the years. He's been a great sounding board, a great um, you know, source of wisdom and counsel. He understands this league so well. And you know, I appreciate what he said, and he's certainly been in my corner as about as much as anybody could be. You didn't hear you were supposed to be the 49ers quarterback coming up next year. You didn't know that? <laughs> We're getting to that. We're getting yeah, here's the thing, because when I saw your name on the list, I thought, my God, he is going to be sick of this process because you're going to get asked the same questions. And I know you can only say so much because you don't yeah. know what's right. happening going forward. Your mindset right now, though, we have a franchise tag, transition tag deadline coming up in four, five, six weeks. Are, are you hoping to maybe do something before then, or are you sitting back and waiting to see what they do when that window closes, tag or no tag? Yeah, I think we'll do what we've done the past two seasons. Really, there's no reason to, to change the script. You know, just stay consistent with the plan. Uh, let the team do what they want to do. You know, my job was to play football from week one to 17, do the best I could. It was an imperfect season, but I felt like I put a lot of good stuff on tape, have a lot to be proud of, and uh, we'll see what the Redskins want to do, and then I'll react accordingly. You've always taking the high road when it comes to being restricted under the franchise tag and on one hand it's like hey do they want me do they not want me on the other hand they're paying me a lot of money one year at a time H how do you balance those two competing like they're really not making the commitment but one year at yeah. a time they're you know I, it's hard to complain with 20 million one year and right. nearly 24 well, million said, the next year they look, they're not that big in there. <laughs> i thought there'd be more cash in there <laughs> we don't nobody uses cash anymore you know You're there's right. really i feel like there's been a false narrative uh, out there um a little bit that uh you know the franchise tag for me is my, my agent told me going back to my rookie year that the franchise tag for a quarterback is really a positive thing there's nothing to be afraid of. So Mike McCartney's really counseled me all along that if the team ever franchises tags you one, two, three times, just accept it, sign it, go play. Uh, if you're good enough, then you'll show that you're good enough and you'll get your opportunity. And really, that was year one, you know, my first year on the franchise tag. And then the second year, the team was ready to do a deal. And I just felt like, you know, I'm in a better place to just kind of let the season play out, go year to year. And that was more my decision. So, um, you know, the team really was in my corner. They were there ready to do something. And it was really my agent and my decision to, to play the year out. And uh, now we're in the position we're in to see what happens. Do, do you feel disrespected at times? I mean, I have to come on to Washington radio sometimes and <laughs> tell people that, yes, Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. Yeah. And you you can win a Super Bowl with him, and yeah. hey, your GM calling you Kirk, or and all, and Kirk, Kirk, and all that. Like, I just think, you know, those were low blows, and I yeah. just, I'm amazed at how you handle it. But, uh, you know, what goes on in your brain through all of this? Well, it's been a, an interesting process from that standpoint. And, and you know, you, you're going to get criticized. I think even Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers at times are getting criticized, and those are really the two guys who are playing on a whole nother level. But, uh, um, you know, I do think every year I play, I get better. And yeah. it, it seems like the standard of expectation is raised. So the first year it was, well, he, he can't win a game on the road. Or, right. you know, can he, take a, can, he, can he even be a part of a winning team? And then the next year it was, well, he can't beat a winning team. And then we did that, and it was, oh, well, can't he can't come carry back in the fourth quarter. Yeah, can't back in the fourth quarter. Can't carry a you team like single-handedly. like that? So it's just funny how the bar keeps being raised. And hopefully, you know, year 10 it's going to be, well, he can't win multiple Super Bowls. You know what I mean? The <laughs> right. bar is always going to be raised, yeah. and that's okay. And I understand that. So, uh, you know, as long as I keep raising the bar, then yeah. I think I'm doing my job and yep. I think that's what we've been able to do the last few years. Right. Kirk, at some point there's going to be a decision that you have to make on a long-term contract with Washington or someone else. And let me give you a scale of 1 to 10. 1 would be Tom Brady who always takes far less than he's worth. At the other end at 10 is Peyton Manning whose attitude is it's not my job to manage a salary cap. I'm getting every dollar I can. Where does Kirk Cousins fall between 1 and 10 on that scale? Well, there's so many other factors that, that I'm going to look at as to what I want to do that, you know, is money a part of it? Sure. But uh, is it the only thing? No. I mean, there's so many variables. And ultimately, at this stage in my career, because I have been franchise tagged twice, it, it, it is about winning. And that's what I want more than anything. So I'm going to be willing to, you know, 
make sacrifices or do what has to be done to make sure that I'm in the best possible position to win. And that's where my focus is going to be. Um, yes, it is a business, but no one's going to be happy driving home from this business if we're not winning. And, um, you know, you got to find a way to win no matter what. Do you still feel that responsibility, though, to the other quarterbacks to try to get the best deal you can because then they benefit as they come forward and they become eligible for contracts? Well, you know, what I've learned is that the quarterbacks who are highly paid, who sign a deal near the top of the market, not only are they quickly outpaced right. uh, within a short amount of time, but um, the team still win. You know, when Peyton Manning was signing big deals, they were still going to the AFC Championship right. game and Super Bowls and, and uh, playing in Super Bowls. So it's not impossible. And the Pittsburgh Steelers paid their quarterback. They also paid their running back, their right guard, their left tackle. Uh, right. They paid their receiver. They paid, you know, a lot of people. And, and they're still going and winning and having great years. So, it, you know, you still got to build a defense and draft well and, 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 you know, fill roles. I mean, the Steelers had a top defense this year, even though they had a lot of money spent on offense. So it's possible to win and to have good teams, even if you pay a few people. I mean, we might see you on another team next year. I we just, might. We might. I know. I just, I still, you know, I'm amazed. It's because it's an unprecedented situation where you're a franchise quarterback and here we are, you know, you're going back and forth and there's some, there's some good teams out there that need yeah. some quarterbacks. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> you know, so do you, do you, have you let your mind even venture there yet to go, what teams would fit my style of play? Well, I certainly want to, you know, gather research the best that I can and be thorough as I prepare for March. But um, the nature of the rules are that the Redskins make the first move. You know, the yeah. ball's in their court, and it really has been every year. When the season ends, the ball switches back to their court. It's in my court during the season. i got to play well. Right. The minute the season ends, it swings back to their court, and, and they got to make their decision on what they want to do. And they'll make their decision, and then I'll react accordingly. But I certainly want to be prepared for, you know, those different options when, yeah. when it comes. Right. I think the way that you've handled your business has opened a lot of eyes to the benefit of going year to year. And, and I think there's going to be other guys who follow suit, and you'll be remembered 10, 20, 30 years from now as the guy who helped everyone else realize, you know what, if they're not going to give me a fair deal, a deal that my circumstances justify, I'm going to take advantage of my leverage. Do you take any pride in maybe opening up the eyes of other quarterbacks and players at other positions who may be tempted now to say, I'm going to go the Kirk Cousins route? Well, I think the story is still being written, and, and the story is only – uh, one to be followed if it ends well. You know, it hasn't ended yet. I mean, we're still in the middle of it. We're still on that journey. So I think there's still a lot left to be determined that uh, will ultimately say if it's a, if it's a worthwhile move to, uh, to emulate or to, to copy. But, um, you know, we'll see where it ends. It may end this March. It may end years from now. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, I, I've learned to be patient and to just trust the process and, uh, and believe that if I do that, good things will happen. Well, this interview can't end until we give you a chance to talk about your partnership with Verizon. Tell yeah. us what you have going on. Yeah, Verizon's doing a great job all week long here around Super Bowl week uh, out here in Minneapolis. And they have a loyalty program called Verizon Up, which they started recently in the last year. And they want to see their customers, you know, become a Verizon Up loyalty member. Um, and then also want to encourage people who aren't with the Verizon network to come on over and join the not only the network, but join the loyalty program. I'm and with them. I'm Verizon, there you go. just so you know. And uh, they, they have some really good programs this week. If you are a Verizon Up member, uh, down at Super Bowl Live downtown, I'll be down there this afternoon. And they have some really cool experiences for people if you're a member. So check it out. And, uh, uh, you know, you can download the, uh, the loyalty member program at the My Verizon app. Are you trying to get a Verizon deal for yourself? Well, now, if you want to give me some well. free minutes, I'll take them. Let me have it. Hey, one more. Scott McLuhan, the GM in Washington, he recently said, I see a good player. Do I see special? I don't see special. How, how, do, you, how do you react when you hear, you know, a guy that you were close to in Washington with that kind of an assessment? Well, I, I've learned, one, to ignore the noise in the sense that, uh, you know, people are going to have opinions, and that's fine, and they're entitled to their opinion, and there's no reason to to lose sleep or to, to uh, waste energy worrying about someone else's opinion. Um, Does it motivate you? Well, it certainly, you know, you feel like you have something to prove, but I don't know that I needed a comment from anybody to, to feel like I had something to prove. Um, you know, that's kind of internal there. And, and uh, you know, Scott always said, you know, like, for example, what he's saying there, he's never told me something else. So that's what I love about Scott is he's consistent with the message. And going back to 2015, he basically told me the same thing that, you know, I want to build a team around you. You're my guy. I want you here for the next 10 years. But at the same time, I don't want to overpay. Right. And, and that was his approach. And I appreciated his honesty. He told it straight to my face and didn't leave any gray area. And I think, you know, when we said, well, we'd like to play out the season and see what happens. And the price went up. He didn't want to do it. And that's that's his prerogative. He can do that. And um, you know, he's also said on other occasions that, you know, they probably made a mistake in that regard. So right, it right. goes both ways. But um, I respect Scott quite a bit, enjoyed working with him and uh, 
he's entitled to his opinion. He's certainly, you know, respected voice around the league when it comes to talent evaluation. He's a better man than me. I would, I would have a hard time holding my tongue with that kind of stuff. Boy, that's <laughs> a shocker. You know, yeah, like, boy, hey, I'm you know, shocked. Yeah, you that's, were that's kind of average surprise. as a GM, yeah. too. I so. guess I have, I guess I have Chris to say it. So I, I'll, I'll say it for you. I just sit here and. I believe in you, man. Before we let you run, your son's four months old now. How has becoming a father? How's that? affected you if at all as a football yeah. player I think it puts things in perspective I think that uh, you know at times you can make your role as a quarterback for a team like Washington um, everything and it's, it's just the world and if you lose you're down in the dumps if you win you're 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 sky high and you ride that roller coaster and I think having a son now helps kind of level things out for me helps me to just you know understand what truly matters and, and have good perspective and I think I'm a little more efficient with my time at the building because I want to make sure I get my work in and then get home and spend time with him. So right. I think it's a good thing. It's really matured me as a person and made me not only a better father, but a better husband. And he'll be too young to remember when daddy moved from Washington to Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an interesting season coming up, uh, interesting offseason. Kirk, congratulations on your success and all the best going forward. Thanks for some of your time. Hope to talk Thanks, to you guys. again soon. Appreciate Thanks, it. Yep, you guys do great work. Thanks, man. Thanks again to Kirk Cousins for his time, and thanks to our friends at StubHub. You can find the best selection of Super Bowl tickets at StubHub, all 100% guaranteed by FanProtect. Get an exclusive all-star experience before the game, free with your ticket. StubHub, your ticket out. Okay, we spoke with Kirk Cousins, and now, and this guy, look, Cousins drew a crowd, but this guy drew an even bigger crowd because it's in Minnesota, site of the Minnesota or Minneapolis miracle, depending upon which term you want to use either way they both start with m and it was stefan diggs who got that play started by making the catch spinning staying on his feet and running into the end zone allowing the vikings to advance to the nfc championship game here's the conversation that chris sims and i had earlier on tuesday with vikings receiver stefan diggs welcome back to pro football talk at super bowl 52 the mall of america in bloomington minnesota joining us now a guy who has provided vikings fans everywhere with a memory that will last a lifetime and beyond receiver stefan diggs the author well co-author of the minneapolis miracle we gotta give case keenum half of all of love 25 percent all of 75 75 yeah it was a good throw i think you deserve like 60 and he should get 40. Because you, you made the catch, I you stayed 75. on your feet, you put the hand down. <laughs> Why do you know I, everything that happened? I, I, I yelled at you to, I yelled at you to get out of bounds. I said, get out of bounds, you idiot. And then you ran for a touchdown. Where's the ball? Uh, it's at the house right now. Well, So you got under, the ball. It's under wraps. Right. Well, Kate, why doesn't Case have the ball? Does he get it half you're the time? Right, you're right. Yeah, that's my guy, man. He, uh, he was so consistent throughout the, that drive, just like, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and finally something good happened. Right. Will you ever get sick of talking about it? Nah, it was a good moment. It was a moment I'll savor and for the rest of my life. And so for me, it's like, appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? No matter how long it's around. It's the right you know, attitude. Appreciate that yeah, moment. I, I've said they give out a Lombardi trophy every year, but the mm -hmm. football gods do not give out moments like that right. very often, and that never gets taken away. It's like the Immaculate Reception, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. after the Franco Harris play from 1972. The Steelers yeah. lost the next week. Nobody ever yeah, says that. Right, All good. they right. say right. is the that, good moment, that moment is immortal. The good, the good stuff always lasts longer. You know, people, some people remember the bad stuff. It used to be the opposing teams because they want to talk junk, but... You know, they got, uh, a, they got a, a, tr a statue of Franco Harris catching the ball oh. in Pittsburgh at the airport. So eventually there's going to be you saying I'm gonna statue. Right? You're well, I a statue, statue at the airport. Minneapolis Miracle well, right here in the mall. If I, I get think. a statue, no. One of these days. No, no, that has to be definitely well, something One thing I'd to. love to ask you just is like, when did it, you know, I've seen the clip after the game, right, with you and Case Keenum in the locker room and you yeah. guys are like, what just happened? Yeah. Like you're still, so when did it finally process in your brain to know how special it all was? Probably like, because I didn't sleep that night. I would say the next day, you know, I was like, that was a good play. You know, I got blessed with a great play, something that it was so big for people because I watched and I saw people like crying. And for me, I haven't been I haven't been in Minnesota. for This is my third year. You know what I'm saying people who have been here for 40 years, 50 years who, who haven't had anything really good happen, like uh, that worked out in their favor. So to be a part of that, it was more so for me, like, like God, God looked out for me. And, and uh, it's good you appreciate that, too, because, yeah. right, you are part of something that goes decades and decades way, into the past. Way bigger than and me. And it's always been that the Vikings are on the other side. Yeah, of that. And this it, was the it. first time where it felt like the pendulum went the other way. And yeah. I think that's why the euphoria was what it was. In hindsight, how hard was it to get past that moment and focus on what came next? It was definitely, I would say, um, emotionally draining for some of us. You know, for me, you know, I've never experienced anything like that. Some of us never experienced anything like that our whole life. And for some of our guys, you know, I... I went in the next week trying to just focus on on this week and you know doing it for them because 
Aside from the catch, uh, it was our, it was some guys' first time going to MC Championship their right. whole career. Sure, so sure. for us, it was more so like, let's refocus, let's get back on, let's get back to where we need to be. It just didn't shake out the way we wanted to. The ultimate badass move, and I can say badass, <laughs> oh, was the helmet cursed. throw. He did, he did hey, right? He just he just I can't. <laughs> Stop it. The helmet throw. <laughs> Where did that come from? You get to the end zone, you stop, and off goes the helmet, and it goes flying. It was something that I've never planned, you know, but in that moment, I was like this, walk off. Like, you know, how, you ever seen, like, pitchers, like, when they pitch, and they take their helmet, and they go like this? Right. I feel like, like, if I could have done it at any moment, that would be the moment to just toss my helmet. Now, what about this week now? Because yeah. it has to be bittersweet. You guys yeah. must have been like, man, we could be the first team ever to play in our home stadium, mm -hmm. and now you got to sit here and it was, be a spectator you know it's definitely one of those situations where it hurts more because we got close right you know if we didn't get close it would have been not a conversation but how, the amount of work that we put in an adversity that we fought through to get to the point that we were with the catch and with all the injuries that we had with case keenum stepping up at quarterback and adam thielen emerging as a you know one of the great great receivers in the game right for us it was just one of those moments that we were right there you know but um we have a on hindsight we have something to definitely look forward to moving to into this next year something to build off of we got a very young team yeah and try to keep this keep these pieces together for the most part and i feel like we'll be right in the mix again next year big vikings fan right oh, here you stopped yes. well, I, I didn't know this yes. he this. tries to be partial to for be the fans out cool. there impartial, right. impartial right yeah. correct me in my english <laughs> yes. you yes. gotta get you you gotta yeah. get you on board man you got no purple right. no, I, I, it, it's at the hotel oh Trust right. me. my god um, <laughs> yeah and uh, the vikings are now blessed with you know people say who's the number one receiver you got two number one receivers yeah. i mean how do you and adam feel and balance out the fact that you both are at that number one level it's because i feel like uh we're two guys that kind of came through the back doors. You know, he's had it harder than I did. You know, I, I commend him. I, give, I salute him every chance that I get because he was, a, he was a guy just doing his job and waiting for his opportunity. And when it happened, he took advantage. And that's kind of how I was, you know. I was just waiting, waiting, waiting. And when I got my shot, I told myself, I'm not coming out. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do everything I can to keep playing. So we're two guys with the same mindset, working the same way, grinding the same way. So day in and day out, I would say uh, me and him look at each other like, we're going to take it one play at a time. You know, we, let's make sure we get things done, you know, more, more productive and positive reinforcement rather than getting on each other because we want the same thing. We want to have success. We want to do well, and we want each other to do well. So uh, it's like a brother relationship. You know, I'll, I'll beat him up anytime too if you guys, you know, let me know if, you, if hey, he's doing something wrong. Yeah, you know, okay, if he's doing something okay, wrong, let me yeah. know. You know, he's 6'2", 200 he, pounds. I saw him in person. I think he's bigger than you. I don't know if he you can take him. him. He is bigger than you. Okay, good. Okay, the important aspect, though, of any receiver is who's throwing the ball. You got three you guys all going to become free yeah. agents how's this play out for next year it's definitely something that works out in our favor you know you got some 32 teams everybody doesn't have a quarterback that would say like we have a good problem you know some guys searching for a quarterback trying to draft a guy trying to look for a guy and i would say we got a good problem you know what i'm saying they'll assess where their organization wants to go and who wants to be who's in the hands it wants to be in but for me you know what I'm saying? i play receiver so i just need to catch the ball well teddy bridgewater you were here before he was injured, mm -hmm. yeah. and you've got to see him back at practice after yeah. the rehab. How does the Teddy Bridgewater now compare to the Teddy Bridgewater of 2015? Yeah, he looks good. You know, and as a quarterback, I would say that year off gave him like a mental year. You know, at the quarterback position, you know, it's, you, you know, I know. Um, yeah. it's definitely something like you learn as you go. Sure. And you get better watching. You know what I'm saying? You see things a little differently rather than being out there kind of making the mistakes rather than seeing how they go. Mm -hmm. And I would say as a quarterback, he's, he's took that mental step to be an elite quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Before he did extremely well, went to the Pro Bowl right. and did some great things. But I would say, like, his IQ went up a notch. Yeah, sure. You can look, I, I, I can speak from experience there. Sometimes yeah. you sit on the sidelines and you just go, wait, why am I making this game so hard? And, exactly. of course, I wasn't as good as Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> so he's better at that. Um, I forgot what I was going to ask him. I had a question, and I totally lost my – oh, this is what I want to ask uh -oh. you. Wide receivers in the NFL other than yourself, who's a guy that you'll watch on film and go, huh, I admire this guy's play, or let me yeah. see if I can steal something he does? Um, it's kind of hard because – when I look at guys, I look at guys kind of similar size to me. Sure. You know, and uh, I like Jarvis in, yeah. in Miami. He right. can move. Um, AB's kind of similar. My size is just, I think he's just a little smaller than me. I right. like AB a lot. He does a lot of things as well. But it's a its a list of guys. You know, you got D-Hop who got great hands, some of the great, greatest hands I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, I can't i can't watch Julio on film, you know. Julio's, yeah, because you're not that, I'm not, you're not that I'm, animal. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, yeah. that, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a horse like that. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm a smaller guy. I got to use things to my advantage. So the smaller guys, I tend to watch more, you know what I'm saying, the quick guys, guys who can catch. 
Um, but it's a lot of guys in the NFL that can play. You know, it's the NFL for a reason. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I watch almost everybody on film. Even if I can't watch Julio, I still watch him. Cause What's your goal for this offseason? What aspect of your game are you going to try to improve? Um, you know, I can give you the, the political answer. Like, I'm, I'm going to work on everything, which I always do. But I kind of wanted to start working, you know, um, to work on my other hand, work on my left hand, you know what I'm saying, just to get kind of more balanced, you know what I'm saying, I'm more right hand dominant and work on my work on my right and left leg, you know what I'm saying, just because, you know what I'm saying, just to get balanced as a, as a receiver, you know what I'm saying, I've, I'm not going to say I have great hands, but I have pretty good hands, I can catch the ball with, you know what I'm saying, they're pretty big, so they're reliable, but um, just to, you know, hone in on my craft and take that next step as a receiver, you know, each year you want to do something, come back and be like, oh, he's doing this really, really well, or he's doing that really well, so I would just say, uh, you know, I want to get faster. You know, well, you know what time it is. You got three years in. You know what that means. And you know what this it? year is. Time, time, to <laughs> time to get paid. Time to get paid. Right? It's, is it something you would like to have happen sooner than later? Do you want to go through a contract year and maybe cash in on the back end? Are you even thinking about that? For me, um, going into my next year, you know, you you're fully aware of what's going on. I'm not. I'm not. A, you know, yeah. I'm not a kid. I'm saying, I understand the business. I understand where it's going. So, uh, I love where I'm at. You know, I love I love my team. I love the guys. I'm, I'm I love grinding with those guys. Uh, and I, but I also understand that it's a business. So, however it shapes out, it's gonna work out for the best. For well, the and best here's the part. thing: you got to factor in too. Whenever the Vikings make their offer, right? Anywhere else you go, you're gonna have to pay for your food and drink. Here, anywhere you go, you're gonna eat and drink facts, for free, right? Facts. You got it for life. So I'm actually I might be better off where I'm you at. You might huh? be better off right here. I think they'll take care of you, too. I think they appreciate yeah. what a guy like Stephon Diggs brings to the table. And I have a feeling they're going to find a way to dig deep. Yeah, yeah. Dig, dig deep. Dig deep. You're the man. Dig deep. Hey, dig deep. Old Spice struggle. dug deep. They dug deep. You're not just yeah, wearing yeah, that T-shirt yeah, by yeah, choice. Yeah. These, these Tell my, us what's going on with Old well. Spice. Uh, this, this, are, right. how, this is my second time doing something with Old Spice. I'm introducing a new product. It's called New Captain. It's part of their red collection. It's a premium sense, I would say, of... For me, something that you could wear every day, throw on every day. You ain't got to throw in your cologne if you don't want to. You could just throw this on off of every day and smell reasonably well. Right. You know, You're I'm, reasonably I'm, well you know, smelling right now. Smell, I, you know, well, yeah. I try to play that way a little bit, good, too. Good. Okay. <laughs> I, I use Old Spice, and they don't even pay me to. I start to buy mine. <laughs> it's, it's the best one. I'm going to send you a package. Please, yeah, that, you, please do. I see and a jersey. jersey. Send them a jersey and a jersey. Yourself, okay, so. I got you. I got you. I may have a Vikings jersey. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, I hope you bring it out. I hope you do. Maybe it will. That would be we'll awesome. See. Hey, well, Stefan, congratulations <laughs> on everything. Thanks. Really, it was a moment to remember Thanks. for the rest of your life and everyone else who witnessed it. It was special, and we hope that it only gets better for you going forward. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you. And, yes, that was Stephon Diggs. Thanks again to him, a guy who is in high demand. And he's got a great attitude about the Minneapolis miracle or the Minnesota miracle or whatever you want to call it because he's willing to talk about it. He understands the significance of it. He understands what it means to Vikings fans from the past 45 years who are used to that kind of a play going against the franchise. And, boy, it feels like he's going to be part of the Vikings for many years to come. And he will never have to pay for another meal or another drink anywhere he goes in the land of 10,000 lakes. All right, Alex Smith has been with the Chiefs since 2013. Remember, he was traded by the 49ers after a concussion against the Rams in the 2012 regular season, opened the door for Colin Kaepernick to become the starting quarterback of the 49ers. The 49ers decided to stick with Kaepernick. They traded Smith to the Chiefs. He's been there ever since, but it was last April when the Chiefs made the bold move up in the draft to get Patrick Mahomes. It's created a sense that Alex Smith's time is limited in Kansas City. So here's a discussion that we had earlier today with Alex Smith on his time in the NFL, 13 years in, his future in the NFL, and his future in Kansas City. Welcome back to Pro Football Talk, live at Super Bowl 52 at the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. Upcoming at the end of the week, the Super Bowl, and one of the guys out there who has been chipping away, chipping away, getting close, and still trying to get there in one of these days, I think he will. The only question is with whom? He's Alex Smith, the number one pick in the 2005 draft. Alex, welcome to the program. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, I'm good. Hey, hey, let me tell you, I, you're 33, and I feel like you've been playing football for 25 years, <laughs> right? How, how long does it feel like you've been playing? Yeah, I mean, they, I just finished 13, which is crazy, right? When you, when you first get in the league, I mean, 10 is like, right? I mean, it sounds, it sounds like forever. Uh, it's such a short-lived career. Uh, so to have finished 13 uh, is is crazy to even think about. These, these last five, six have definitely flown by, though. Do you think about how many more you've got in the tank? Yeah, you start to for sure. I mean, I I, I know this. Uh, I know it's not close. I know I know retirement's not close at all to the horizon. I, 
I'm loving what I do too much. I love the challenge of it. Um, you know, I still feel great. My body feels great. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, at some point, I think you, you have to deal with that, but hopefully not too close. I mean, you me. look no different physically. You haven't lost anything. Have you yeah. sensed any any type of, of diminishing arm, legs, anything at 33? I haven't. I mean, I, I still work really hard to try to keep all that stuff, you know, especially my legs and explosiveness and things like that. But no, I mean, I, I you know, knock on wood, hopefully, uh, you know, kind of keep it going. Uh, but I, I think training changes, right? As you do get older, all of a sudden now, I think things that came so naturally as a young guy, uh, you work hard to maintain, um, you know, and try to keep those things, keep those things going. One thing that I've always admired is you have a certain degree of recklessness, not in a bad way. It seems yeah, somewhat yeah, controlled. Yeah. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks over the years who just kind of throw their bodies yeah. into bad situations. You seem to pick your spots, and you know when you can get away with it and when you can't. How much of that is planned? How much of that is just yeah. instinct? I think a lot of it's learned, and a lot of times learned because you made a mistake, right? Uh, you know, in, in the wrong way. And, and so for me, I think there are, yeah, there are, there are critical situations in games and throughout a season. I, I think it's important that you you know, it's time you can take a risk, right? Put yourself out there, be vulnerable, uh, go make a play. Uh, certainly, I think there's a lot of times not to as a quarterback, right? And you, you also have to be able to pull back and see the bigger picture. So uh, I think you just learn from all those situations, having gone through them, uh, having, like I said, uh, you know, you know taking, taking reckless shots when you didn't need to. Uh, and you learn from those situations, right? And you kind of continue to go. But certainly, I think... Uh, you know, I take pride in, you know, in being a guy that, that can do it, do it a lot of different ways, right? And, and has, has a lot of tools, and, and, I, and I like to use them. Um, so, uh, and you never know, right? You never know on any given day what it's going to be like. And some, some days uh, you're asked to, to run the ball more, and, and, uh, and I don't mind it, but you got to be smart. Tom Brady says over and over again, 45 is his target. Russell Wilson <laughs> told me during the season, 45 for okay. him. Philip Rivers said, no way. No, yeah, yeah. no, I'm going to be coaching high school football yeah, at 45. Yeah. Do you think of an upper, a specific upper limit yeah, that I your goal is? I, I don't know how you put a date on it. Like I said, I mean, you get older. This is 13. I mean, I really, I, I don't even know how you look past the next year in front of you, to be honest. Uh, like I said, I, I know it's nowhere close uh, on the horizon. But for me, to, I'm 33 to stick a year in age on this. Uh, would be just so hard to do right now. Um, but like I said, I, I, um, nowhere, nowhere on the horizon right now. What are you most proud of? For your thir entire 13 years in the NFL, what's yeah, the one moment? You know, I, I think um, that's a, a good question. I mean, I, I, I think having dug the hole I, I dug for myself early on in my career, you know, it, you know to deal with, to be, a, to be an early pick and, and to deal with the bus things and not having success, uh, wasn't a ton of stability early on in my career um, and to deal with that you know I think it would have been easy to run easy to go elsewhere and you kind of become this journeyman that bounces around and um, I felt like I you know stuck it out even though necessarily wouldn't have been the most convenient thing to do um, you know and I think because of that I've learned a lot through all those situations and through my career and I think it's kind of led me to become who I am today not only as a person but a player um, you know, and, and uh, to kind of establish myself and to find my own game, right? And to find out who I am uh, and to go through it. And like I said, it would have been easy to kind of to get out of that situation early, right? To, to, to go elsewhere. I think that that was the easy thing or the convenient thing. I don't think it was necessarily the right choice, though. And, and uh, um, I think the route I've taken is unique, um, you know, but I'm happy with where I'm at and all the things that I've gone through and learned from uh, where I'm at. I'm still not content right because like you said I, uh, none of us are until you go get that ring go get that trophy and that's what we're all you know in, in search of and, and going back to that I think I I love the ch that challenge right I still do I love the challenge of going out there and can I can I can I reach my potential I still don't feel like I have I don't I don't feel like I found my boundaries as a player they're still out there I'm still searching for them uh, working hard for them and then uh, can you can you put it together and can you go can you go get the ring you know and, and uh, that drives me uh, I feel like I'm more hungry than ever so Alex you said something at the outset of the answer that really caught my attention you say I dug that hole I mean you didn't really you you didn't do anything yeah. you got put into the circumstance you were the first overall pick for a team that earned the first overall pick yeah. you didn't change the offensive coordinators every year I mean how did you go through that from the standpoint of, is this me? Yeah, is yeah. it something else? What's going on here? Why isn't my career taking off yeah. the way it should? How, take me back to those years when yeah. you're trying to understand why it is that, that it's taking a while to get to where I want to be. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, listen, I mean, he, quarterbacks, right? We, it's the saying, right? We get too much credit when you win and too much blame when you lose. And, and you know, perception is reality a lot of times. And so as a young player, right, I, you had to deal with that. And as a, as a, as a high pick that uh, carried a lot of expectations and carried a lot of weight with me when I played. Um, and, and it showed up when I played. I had to learn how to deal with that and I think overcome that. Uh, and I needed to do that as a player. And uh, yeah, it was good for me. But like I said, a lot of things outside of your control that changed and, and, and having to deal with that change um, as a young guy and not having success and to work my way through that. Uh, yeah, it was difficult at the time and frustrating. Uh, you know, so uh, yeah, you, you work through it, you learn, you learn a lot in those situations. One of the things you should be proud of was week one of this season coming into New England, a game that everybody just assumed the Patriots. It's the yeah. coronation from yeah. last year. They raised the banner. They're going to win. Yeah. You guys are the, You're the Washington. Going, yeah. That's right. Yeah. You're the Washington Generals. They're the Harlem Globetrotters. Yep. You come in and beat them. Uh, in, in hindsight, how, how big of a deal was that? I mean, as far as season openers go, I mean, uh, from for me, that's about as big as it gets. You know, to, to play the defending Super Bowl champs at their place. Uh, they had so many expectations. Like I said, they were, they, yeah, they were going undefeated. No one gave us a chance. Uh, we were the only show on, you know. And so, yeah, to, to go out there and, and to, to get a W, to find a way to get a win, obviously against a, a, a Super Bowl team, um, you know, it, it was fun. I mean, at this point, though, it, it only uh, leaves you with more what-ifs, though, right? Because that's what we were capable of. Um, but obviously, I feel like at, at this point, sitting here with, didn't play up to our expectations, you know, and so, uh, you know, still kind of licking, licking your wounds, really, right? Yeah. How much did losing Eric Berry in that game affect the team? Yeah, uh, a lot. I mean, it, it'd be hard for me to put into words um, for two reasons, not just the player he is, obviously an all-pro uh, playing back there and having gone against him all camp, you know, know the kind of player he is, how smart he is. Uh, but, you know, missing him in the locker room day in and day out. Certainly he was still around, but it's, it's not the same. And he's such a special person, uh, such a gifted leader. Um, you know, so to, 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 you know, like I said, yeah, we, we definitely missed him on that side of the ball for sure. Nick Foles was with you in Kansas City last yeah. year. How much have you heard from him the last eight yeah, days or so? With Tell me what I need to do to beat the Patriots. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of texting, um, you know, with him. You know, we did play them earlier in the season too. Uh, so we got to catch up with him then. He's, he's you know, awesome awesome person was, a, was such a great teammate so happy for him I mean uh, I mean God the game the game a couple weeks ago to play the way he did on that stage um, just so pumped for him and what an opportunity he has in front of him uh, you know and Doug Peterson as well obviously it, it, you know my old coach so yeah rooting, rooting for them for did sure. you know Doug was going to be as good as he is yeah you, ne you never know right I mean unknown a lot of unknown there certainly I thought he had uh, he had a demeanor about him and has a demeanor about him that I, th I think really lent lent himself uh, that I knew he'd be good with the guys because he always is he's so he he's so laid back I think he's so even keel he has so much fun every day you know going to work out on the practice field that I think that's contagious I think that's uh, a positive um, so certainly not surprised by it no does beating both Super Bowl teams does that do you get a trophy for yeah, that yeah you know I wish uh, you know we did it a few years back as well with the Patriots and the Seahawks and I think same thing. It just makes you even more frustrated at this point, knowing what you were capable of, but uh, that we weren't able to put it together when it mattered most. Um, you weren't able to peak and, and, and get it done in crunch time. Um, you know, so yeah, even even more frustrating. Now the big question. I've been delaying it as long <laughs> as I can. I'm sure you're going to be asked yeah, it for every yeah. one of these that you do yeah. this week. What does the future hold for Alex Smith? Yeah, I think really. I mean, yeah. You, you, there's no real great answer right now, and I think the key to that is right now, right? There's there's a time uh, when when that's going to come up, and, and it's going to get worked out. Uh, it's just just not right now. Um, I have another year left in Kansas City on my contract. I love love where I'm at. I love my teammates, uh, everything about it. But I played I played long enough to know that this is a crazy business, and and tough decisions do get made. And uh, you know, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. You know, like I said, it's, it's uh, I mean, a lot of speculation out there right now. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here as the, as the weeks go on. Well, when they make the big move in the draft last year from yeah. 27 up to 10 to get Patrick yep. Mahomes, what, what did they explain to you the thinking and what kind of timeline they're looking at when they made that move? Because everybody looks at it and says, well, they, they expect this guy to play at some point. And yeah. They've given up two first-round picks and a third-round pick to get him. Yeah, no question. Uh, obviously, you know it, at, at some point he's going to get his opportunity. Uh, when that is, uh, don't know. Really, 
yeah, you know, last year, I, I, you know, it was, it was, you know, obviously made, made very clear to both of us that, that, that uh, my year to go and, and kind of continue with it. And that's all you can uh, want or, or expect uh, as a veteran in this league, right? And so uh, we'll see as, as, uh, as this year finishes up with the Super Bowl what, what happens next. Well, before we let you go, you're here on behalf of FedEx. Tell us yep. what you have going on. Yeah, so uh, a finalist for the FedEx Air Player of the Year. Um, and so FedEx uh, is going to, I think there's three finalists, so it's Wentz and, uh, and Brady who are also up for it. So fans could go out there and vote. And uh, FedEx is going to uh, cut a check to the USO for $50,000 in the name of the winner. And uh, FedEx, and, along with the USO, uh, puts together um, care packages for servicemen and women all over, all over the world. And so this time of year, send out football packages uh, to our servicemen and women. Um, to keep them connected to friends and family and, and the game of football. So uh, very cool to be connected with it. Uh, I would love for that check to be uh, in my name. Uh, fans can go out there and vote. I think it's NFL.com backslash FedEx. So uh, fun to be a part of. Obviously, we're all th very thankful. I know I am to all, all the servicemen and women out there. And I asked you earlier what you're proud of. One thing to be very proud of, the all-time record for consecutive seasons, right, with 4,000 or more. Is it? It's three yeah, thousand more number. passing. Yeah. It's very yeah. obscure, but yes. it's a record. Yeah, three thousand or more passing <laughs> yards, single-digit interceptions. Yeah. you've got five in a row. Nobody else yeah. has ever done that before. So, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I take a lot of pride in. You know, as a quarterback, you handle the ball every single play, and there's a lot of people uh, that put a lot of faith in you doing yeah. that, right? Moving the ball and protecting the yeah. ball. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a tough balance because yeah. you're always taking that risk. You put the ball up in the air. There's a chance somebody's going to grab it. So you no protected question. it and you've moved it. Yeah, and a lot of people relying on you, right? From the equipment guys, the trainers, my teammates, the coaches, right? A lot of people putting their trust in you to handle the football and not be careless with it. Uh, but at the same time, you still got to go out there and produce, right? You got to go win. So. I, I don't want you to name teams, but surely. I mean, you're human, <laughs> right? You've looked at the landscape. Yeah. You've looked at who's got a quarterback, who needs a quarterback, who has a team that maybe is a quarterback away. I'm, surely you're at least fascinated by the possibilities if Kansas City decides that they want to hand the baton to Patrick Mahomes. If that is the case, um, certainly, right? You've got a you'd short be, you'd list. Be, yeah, I mean, you want to go to a place that you can win, no yeah. question, right? And uh, a place that can win, you know, as soon as possible. So certainly uh, if it comes to that, yeah, there's a lot of things you're looking at. Uh, and obviously you want to make the best decision. So. Well, congratulations on everything you've accomplished, and we wish you all the best going forward, whether it's in Kansas City or anywhere else the road may take you. Thanks again for yeah, some of your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. And once again, that was Alex Smith, Chiefs quarterback for now. By the way, you can find the best selection of Super Bowl tickets at StubHub, all 100% guaranteed by Fan Protect. Get an exclusive all-star experience before the game, free with your ticket. StubHub, your ticket out. All right, that's my ticket out. But before I go, and I, and I have to admit, I made the request for questions not long before we got the podcast started today, so there may not be many. Right now, there's only 19. Let's answer what we can in the time that we have. This one comes from T.E. Gensler, 14. Why do you call the 99 Rams the greatest showboats on turf from time to time? I don't. I call them the greatest show-offs on turf from time to time because I remember vividly that it felt like they were a bunch of show-offs because they were so much better than everybody else. It's that simple. So it's a little twist on the greatest show on turf, the greatest show-offs on turf. And no, I didn't have the balls to use that term when we had Orlando Pace on PFT Live earlier today. At Jason Schender has Big V... And I'm not going to try to pronounce the guy's full name. The left tackle of the Eagles who has taken over for Jason Peters. Has he shown enough to convince the Eagles that he's their left tackle of the future? Or do you see them seeking Jason Peters' eventual replacement in free agency and or the draft? But remember when Lane Johnson arrived, the thinking was at some point Lane Johnson would become the left tackle and Jason Peters would be gone. Maybe it's now Big V on the left side, Lane Johnson on the right side. When Johnson was suspended in the 2016 season and Big V came in on the right side, it didn't go well. This time around, it's gone pretty well. And you always know it's going well for an offensive line when no one notices the offensive line. That's the key. If no one notices you, you're doing your job. When, uh, when you're noticed as an offensive lineman, that means you're failing. At Sean Alvashire, what do you think of Mike Tomlin's situational coaching in the Pro Bowl? Well, they did win. They won late. So I guess congratulations. I'm sure that'll solve everything for the Steelers going forward. Mike Tomlin has mastered situational football in the Pro Bowl. Okay, yeah. If if that's the if if that's the uh, the standard that Steelers fans are going to use to feel better about where the team currently is, 
that's fine by me. We'll see how it plays out next year when they play the Patriots again and the Jaguars again. At Faisal Morale, do you realize that you told us which truck you drive, a Ford F-150 Raptor, therefore killing the already dead guessing game? Well, the guessing game was dead. When somebody guessed that the sports car is the Alfa Romeo, Giulia Quadrifoglio, I mean, down to the model and the level of the model, I figured let's just dispense with the guessing game. Too many people out there have inside information. And, yes, now it has been disclosed on PFT Live because we have a Ford F-150 read this week that I have a 2014 Ford F-150 Raptor and... Uh, it is a very fun car to drive. At Casey is a beast. Do you think Barstool Big Cat has lost weight? Thick is in. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. He does look a little svelte. He's one of these guys that no matter how much weight he loses, he's still going to look big, though. I, I don't know why that is, but it is. Next question. At Severe WXGRL, should the Patriots have an asterisk by the seasons they were found to be guilty of cheating? No, they shouldn't. The one cheating scandal that I think had merit, the Spygate thing. I think a lot of other people were doing the same thing they were doing. They were the ones who got caught. As it relates to the Flategate, look, I think something fishy was happening, but I don't think the NFL proved it. And trust me, every team cheats. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's the way it goes. They all cheat in one way or another. And yes, the Patriots have gotten caught at least once. The second time, I don't think there was enough evidence to come to the conclusion of cheating, but that's the way it goes in the NFL. And and teams that can't compete with the Patriots like to point to cheating as the reason why they're so great. And uh, they, they don't have another explanation like they outwork us, they outthink us, they outsmart us. It has to be they cheated. At Faisal Morale, is the salary cap the same for each team or does it change from market to market? Like, do the Cowboys have a higher or lower cap than the Browns? It's all the same. The cap is the same for every team. Now, it may vary from year to year based upon dollars that are carried over, but the same base salary cap, regardless of how much money you earn, there's a certain amount of the revenue that's shared. Some of it isn't. And that was one of the fights among the owners back in 2006 because there were, there were revenues coming in that were shared, and then there were unshared revenues. And the problem is some of the unshared revenues were driving up the cap, and it was making it more expensive from a labor standpoint for teams that had lower revenue. And they fixed that with something called supplemental revenue sharing. And you never hear about it anymore, which means that whatever they've done to fix it has worked well enough for the teams that do not generate big money. But the basic salary cap is the same from team to team. Terry Gensler, Spagnuolo's comments about the 2004 Patriots are legit or convoluted. That's a Chris Sims word, convoluted. I haven't read what he said. I saw that we had the post at PFT. Look, all that stuff's wonder under the bridge. And if people want to continue to, to dredge it up from time to time and complain about things the Patriots did in the past, fine. Again, that's the excuse for not being good enough to compete with the Patriots. And Spagnolo was the defensive coordinator of a Giants team that beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. He should be happy about that, but they did find a way to crack the code and beat the Patriots. At B. Flofo Show, E. Sanders or D. Thomas leaving Denver next year to make cap room for a quarterback. Look, if they have a quarterback, I don't think you use Sanders or Thomas to create cap room. You need both of them. I think you find a way to maybe get them to restructure their contracts. You can maybe work to create cap room elsewhere. Maybe Von Miller can restructure his deal. But the bottom line is if they have a veteran free agent quarterback, they're going to need Sanders and Thomas at least for one year. At Faisal Morale, does Jimmy Graham to the Miami Dolphins intrigue you more than him going to the Falcons? No, because the Dolphins have Julius Thomas. And what intrigues me about Jimmy Graham to the Falcons is the fact that Jimmy Graham would be going back into the NFC South where the Saints are, facing the Saints twice a year, and the Falcons haven't had a high-end receiving threat at tight end since the retirement of Tony Gonzalez. Brandon Moeller asks, if the XFL turns out to be a sustainable entity, do you see the NFL harvesting players from the XFL as a sort of farm system? Does that maybe force the NCAA to loosen its bylaws and rules to keep players from choosing the XFL over college? I remember when the XFL first arrived on the scene in 2001. I thought, you know what? There's an interesting way this can play out where the XFL goes out and gets kids straight out of high school and lets them earn money for three years. And remember, Don Yee, the agent who represents Tom Brady, among others, is starting a league out on the West Coast, which is going to provide an alternative to high school players who choose to make money in lieu of going to college because they have to do something to develop their skills for three years before they can be drafted. So that's already out there. I haven't heard much about that one lately. I don't know what that one's going to be. The XFL, through Vince McMahon, has said it's not going to be a farm system for the NFL. But you know what? Whatever it takes to establish your footing, whatever it takes to become a league that people will pay attention to that has value, I think the one thing that the XFL is going to want to avoid, however, 
is allowing an easy escape route for star players. You don't want to develop stars and then have them just take off and go to a new league and disappear from the XFL. You want those guys to keep coming back year in and year out. Another question from Faisal Morali. Are you going to get Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal on the PM pod? No, they work for the NFL. Greg Rosenthal used to work at PFT. That was six years ago. He departed, and we hired Darren Gant. I haven't even had those guys on this week. I maybe should get Darren Gant and MDS up here one day this week. Here's part of the problem. Now that we are deep into the interview session recording of the week where we're doing a lot of these taped interviews after PFT Live goes off the air, we've got interviews. And my assumption is you'd rather hear from those folks than from anybody else at this time because there's only so much analysis we can do with the Super Bowl. We can get some of these other people on as we get deeper into the offseason if they're ever even really is an offseason. At C. Crawl, has this theory been floated? Garoppolo goes two years under the franchise tag in San Francisco, and in the third year when Tom retires, he leaves San Francisco and signs with New England, gets the best of both worlds. That is an intriguing possibility. That has not been floated. That is good enough for me to steal, and steal it I will. Let's play this out. Garoppolo says to the 49ers, I'm not signing a long-term deal with you. I want to be tagged. He gets tagged. He plays at $23 million this year. Then next year, and let me do the math real quick, $23 million. I got to get my calculator up here because I'm not real smart. 23 times 1.2, that's 20% raise. That's $27.6 million for 2019. After that, the 49ers would have to decide whether to pay him nearly $40 million to tag him again. That's a huge investment in a quarterback. And if Garoppolo decides, I want to go, Back to New England, the team that traded me away. I'm intrigued by that possibility because come 2020, that's when the 49ers are going to have to make a huge decision. And I don't think that Garoppolo should do anything by way of taking a long-term deal. He should approach the situation just like Cousins is doing in Washington. The ball is in the team's court. Will they tag? Will they not tag? If they tag, at what level will they tag? And then you make decisions after that about what you're going to do moving forward so i like that theory i like that i'm going to keep trying to stir that one up that may be my new drew Brees to minnesota jimmy garoppolo back to the patriots all right i think that does it for today's pftpm podcast appreciate your time appreciate your questions we will be back on wednesday with plenty more guests and another round of twitter questions get ready super bowl is coming it's just five days away check out the folks at StubHub if you are looking for super bowl tickets or any other super bowl tickets and we'll do it again on Wednesday. You can find the PFTPM podcast on Art19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFTPM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions.